Welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, the official podcast home for all human design manifestors. I'm your host, Holly Marie, a 4-6 clinic manifester, a certified human design teacher, and a manifester who is following her own creative urge to facilitate a thriving global community of aligned, powerful manifestors. Wherever you are at in your manifester journey, or even if you are here just because you love a manifester and you want to understand them a little bit more, this podcast is the place for you. Stick around for in-depth teaching, for real-life practical tips and understandings of the manifester journey, and how to become aligned and powerful and thriving as a manifester. You are here for global impact. You are here to change the world. The time is now. The journey is yours. This podcast is your home. Hello, hello, everybody. As always, welcome back to another episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. Today is another guest episode. This one is really cool because we are going kind of out of the human design sphere a bit, but we're going to weave it back in. It's going to be a really powerful little connection point, I think. Um, we're going to be talking a lot about feminine energy, touching on masculine energy, how all of that infiltrates really our experience as manifestors. Um, and I have brought on the most beautiful guest to help us learn more about this, the delightful Amy Natalie, who is a women's empowerment and embodiment guide, specializes hugely in the work of feminine energy, um, the host of the Feminine Frequency podcast. Thank you, Amy, for coming on. We're so excited to have you. Mm, I'm so excited to be here. And like you said, to weave these two worlds together. That's one of the things that I love most about this conversation of polarity, which is two energies, the masculine and the feminine energy is that it actually does apply to so many different areas of personal growth. Mm -hmm. When we understand how to be aware of the energy and how to direct the energy and how to honor our energy, it really does enhance all areas of our life. So I'm excited to see where we go with this conversation and what magic unfolds. <laughs> yes. Now, obviously you guys can't see her, but Amy has shown up looking amazing today. <laughs> has Thank just, you. Yes, yes, has <laughs> just come off uh, an embodiment call with some of your clients, right? Where you were doing some pleasure embodiment work. Um, and it's a vibe. It's really like, you got it going on. I'm really, I got, got the red lipstick, yeah. got, got the earrings. We're, we're good to go today. Yeah. yeah like, I don't, I don't always look like this at <laughs> eight 30 on a Tuesday evening here, but here we are. <laughs> you guys are in for a treat picking up what Amy is dropping. So <laughs> I know that you are um, a little bit, you dabble a little bit into the field of human design. Can you share with us what your design is and, and how, human design found you? How did you stumble into the world of human design? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my human design, I am a six, two manifesting generator and emotional authority. And I have been a seeker and a student of life and of self-discovery and self-awareness for a really long time. And I think it's one of those things, like you said, that just finds you in the right timing. 
I believe that the first time I heard about human design, I also heard about gene keys around the same time. And it was about six years ago. And at that point, I had been an entrepreneur for four years, three years. And I was growing my business. And in finding human design, I've actually learned a lot about how to honor my human design and really how how much it makes sense when I follow my blueprint and when I when I'm aware of it specifically in my business so that I I'm not like questioning why I'm doing things a certain way and questioning myself for having all these amazing brilliant ideas and you know a lot of times in the entrepreneurial world there'll be like pick one thing and as a manifesting generator I'm like that sounds really boring (laughs) how about no (laughs) how about no so that's a little bit about my my beginnings with with human design and I think someone was you know sharing about it about their human design and I got curious and and then had a reading and found it to be definitely more confirming or more resonant for me than some of the astrology readings that I've had which have also been really powerful mm-hmm. but human design is so all encompassing and it was really empowering to have my chart read to me. Mm, yeah, it does feel like a very, um, it's a moment of witnessing, right? A, a moment of belonging. I think most people find that when they start to dive into human design, this resonance of, oh, I'm, I'm seeing myself and other people are seeing me in this information, mm-hmm. which is a really beautiful thing. Very, very much a, an ode to the channel of the system itself that it has the ability to do that for people. Um, I, I know a lot of MGs, right? You guys are a pretty dominant energy type, but certainly being a manifester and running a manifester community, we had a lot, we have a lot of MGs coming around to really trying to understand that manifester part of their energy. And you are certainly one of the manifestors that I've met that's very grounded in your energy, right? You're very um, kind of centralized, very, very, what's the word? very gathered. Yeah. Manifesting generators can often be kind of everywhere, (laughs) like sparks flying all over the place. And I think that that's tricky for MGs to try to navigate through the complexity of that energy. But that tells me that you've done a lot of work on your sacral energy in particular. Mm. Has, has that been something that has built into your work on, on feminine energy? How's that interplay been? Yeah, I thank you for that reflection. And I think when I, from my understanding in my chart, the only two channels that I have that are open are my crown chakra and my third eye. All my other centers are defined. Is that correct? correct yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think it may be a combination of the rest of my chart, looking at it that way. And then also I've had a daily meditation practice for six years now. And I came to my meditation practice out of necessity because Mm -hmm. I used to live in my mind and have a lot of negative self-talk and a lot of anxiety and struggled with depression and eventually got to a point in my life where I had to look inwards. And that was after trying to search for the answers outside of me of 
why I was so unhappy when everything in my life looked great. Everything on paper looked great. I was married when I was 25 years old. We owned a house together. I had my own business. Everything looked great on the outside, but I was still questioning what's wrong with me. Why am I not happy? And really on the path to discovering who I really was Mm -hmm. without the expectations of other people in my life, parents, religion, my, my husband at the time. And that really led me to a rock bottom moment where I, I surrendered and was like, I can't figure this out on my own anymore. I need help. I need guidance. And from that point, I started turning to meditation because I would wake up at like three in the morning with terrible anxiety. And I had tried meditation before I had done yoga practices before, but it wasn't until I, my body was speaking to me so loudly and waking me up because I was so out of alignment with my truth that I ended up coming to my meditation practice. And since then it has been a really deep foundation. And and I, I would say that a lot of my, my groundedness and my energy has to do with my commitment to that practice. Mm, mm. It's an incredibly um, eye-opening practice, right? <laughs> Meditation. Um, they think just on the surface level, obviously a lot of people struggle coming into meditation with that. Oh, I have to sit still and I have to empty my mind. And that's really not, it's really not the practice, right? The, the practice is coming to awareness of self. What is occurring inside and come into communication and communion with that energy that is moving inside you. And I think that the way that your energy shows up is a real testament to that, to that practice and what it can bring. Um, how did you, how did you stumble into entrepreneurship? Has that been, I mean, as an MG, I'd have to guess that you didn't start out on feminine energy, that you've probably worn <laughs> a few different hats, right? There might be an understatement. There may be 3000 different hats you've worn. Yeah. How did, how did that occur for you? Yeah. I, I love this question because it helps me to, to reconnect with kind of where I come from and how I got here. And you know, my father is an entrepreneur. He's been an entrepreneur my entire life. And when I went to college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I knew that I was passionate about actually fitness and exercise and health, but I didn't know if that's what I wanted to do for a career. And here in the U S you decide what you want to do at 18 years old when you go to college and you're supposed to figure it all out and know exactly what you want to do. And I didn't. And so I kind of followed the steps of what was familiar and figured that if I did business entrepreneurship that, or business with an emphasis in entrepreneurship, I ended up deciding that it would give me some skill sets that I could use in different areas. Mm. So went to school for as an entrepreneurial student, business student. And then after that, when I I graduated, I was really connected to wanting to do something that I was passionate about. I didn't want to work a a nine to five job where I felt disconnected from the work. I, I kind of knew that right away. I think I have an entrepreneurial spirit because of my father and other entrepreneurs in my family. And however, I'm, I am the first woman in my family who has like fully supported myself through making my own money, which is really interesting because I come from a 
culture and a background where most of the men work and women don't work. Mm. Um, so that was something that I've has been part of my journey as well. But I, I followed my passion and decided I wanted to go into health coaching and I became a nutritionist as well. At the time I was struggling with digestive issues and weight gain and hormone imbalances and fatigue and adrenal burnout, uh, because I, I worked out a lot and my, I, I'm very sensitive and I'm starting to see that as a very good thing, but my health was really suffering because of the stress, the emotional stress that I was experiencing and the physical stress that I was putting on myself at the time. And so I went down the route, became a holistic nutritionist, health coach, and then continued to follow my passion. And through working with clients and through my own journey, I discovered that there was a deeper layer, like health and wellness is so important. And in order to create habit changes. And in order to create lasting changes, there is a psychological and emotional component. Mm. And then as I went deeper into that, I saw there's actually a deeper root. There's a spiritual component to this whole conversation. And that's where I found eating psychology coaching and really started to work with my clients on an emotional level. And then eventually had no interest in talking about food anymore because (laughs) the thing that was making the biggest changes was looking at the underlying imbalances, the different energy imbalances, the different emotional blocks that they were experiencing. So that led me to learning about masculine and feminine energy in the context of food and exercise, and then learned that these two energies, which we can go and explain a little bit more about what they are, they actually show up for us in our relationships. They show up for us in our businesses. Uh, They show up for us in our health and wellness. And so that once I started applying that in my life, and when I started teaching about personal development through the lens of masculine and feminine polarity, it was such a game changer. It just is something that feels like it makes a lot of sense. And I would say it makes sense to men, but there's something about when women learn about feminine energy, it's almost like something that they've been missing for a long time. And their soul is like, Oh yes, I need more of that. Like Mm. that's what's been missing. That makes sense to me. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a reclamation for women in particular emerging into that space of feminine energy and, and developing ownership and understanding of that. Can you can you give us, like, let's go back to 101. Can you give us a rundown of what's masculine energy, what's feminine energy for those people who maybe have never encountered it before? Yeah, so these two energies, they work complementary to each other. So they actually, we need both of them. We want both of them. You can kind of think of it as two polarizing energies or two polarizing parts of a battery. You have a plus and a minus, or if you look at the yin and yang symbol or in yin and yang in Chinese medicine, you've got two different sides, right? So the masculine represents structure. It represents organization. It represents productivity. It's very goal-oriented, penetrative. It is forward-moving. It is action-oriented. The feminine is flow. It's intuition. It's nurturing. It's connected to your emotions. 
I like to describe that the feminine energy at the core essence of what it is, we call it life force energy or Shakti energy. And when we are either too far in our masculine or too far in our feminine, it often creates a lot of imbalance in our systems. So someone who might be too far in their masculine, which I would call masculine overdrive, is often going to burn out, experience burnout, fatigue, anxiety, depression, physical health symptoms. On the other hand, if you're too far in your feminine, you have no structure, you're all in your creative, you're, you're in your flow, you're in, in your intuition, you do everything based off your emotions, then you'll probably feel lost and confused and overwhelmed because you don't get enough done. So we want to really take a look at what, what, where are you operating primarily and where can we bring these two energies back in, into balance? And, and I'll share that it's not about a 50, 50 balance all the time. And that this is something that is an ongoing process because there might be times in your business where you do need to be in your masculine energy more, and we get to call upon that masculine energy And there might be times where you need to be in your feminine energy more. So there's different chapters and seasons of life that call for both of these energies. It's not just this static thing that you figure out and then you've got the perfect balance of it all the time. (laughs) That's right. From 8am till midday, I am in my masculine and then I am in my feminine. Wouldn't that be sweet if we could... (laughs) Well, that would be a great, that would actually be a great starting point for some people because some people are never in their feminine. So this is, you know, yeah. Can we, can we touch on the wounded feminine for a minute? Because I think that socially we're getting more conversation around the wounded masculine now, right? Because we're seeing that right in this sort of the patriarchal paradigm is starting to break down of course masculine and feminine are not specified to the male and female gender but we do archetypally see more masculine energy show up with males and more feminine energy show up with females um so i think most people are getting a pretty good understanding of what the wounded masculine looks like but Mm -hmm. i think the wounded feminine is a bit more mysterious can you talk us through what that what that looks like Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'd love to even break down what does this term like wounded feminine mean? Mm. And the the wounds come from the, the patriarchal system that we live in. The wounds come from ways that, that the feminine has been suppressed or repressed. And so it acts out in certain ways. So the, the wounded feminine, so you have the wounded feminine, then you have empowered feminine and the wounded feminine is reactive. Oftentimes the wounded feminine can be come across as really needy or controlling, codependent, anxious. She can be really self-critical. She can overthink things and be what they would call like overly emotional, right? Like um, too much, they might say. And things like jealousy and comparison come up with the wounded feminine a lot. So just because someone has some of these attributes, I would say that every single woman, or if you identify as a woman growing up as a woman in society, they're 
there's going to be a part of your personal growth journey where you don't even have awareness of these patterns. These are subconscious patterns that maybe you've learned from your parents or from, from religion or ways that you've contorted yourself to try and fit in. And so now, now you're, you're reacting and behaving a certain way. That's not authentically who you are. Those are just ways and behaviors that are resulting from being disempowered, from giving our power away. So that's how I would describe the, the wounded feminine. Mm. Yeah. We were talking just before we hit record on this about um, sort of this connection between the use of masculine and feminine energy and the energetic experience of manifestors specifically, obviously, because this is a manifestor community. And I was sharing that I, I feel on reflection that really the uniqueness of the manifestor experience lends itself to a lot of stark difference, a lot of stark clarity between those two energies, perhaps in ways that other energy types don't experience like manifestors do. Um, To me, when a manifestor is in our creative cycle, right, when we are moving through a creative urge, we do have a lot of masculine energy available to us. And we can certainly use that in a wounded capacity. I mean, it's common for all of us. Um, I find for most manifestors, because we don't get to be in a creative cycle all that often, we tend to latch on to that masculine energy, right? Because there's a, there's a self-reinforcement and a social reinforcement of that. When I'm creating and when I'm initiating, then I'm being productive. I'm being driven. I'm being valuable, right? Like I'm, I'm building something. I'm getting money. I'm hustling. I'm driving, let alone the whole conversation of how that builds into business, right? <laughs> it's a whole other field. But then as manifestors, we have a really sharp kind of corner turn into the rest cycle. We don't know when our creative cycle is going to finish. We usually get a couple of days warning in our energy. We'll start to feel it start to uh, like wane away. And then we go into a very long, unpredictable rest cycle that, again, we have no idea how long that rest is going to be or how deep it's going to take us. And the rest is very feminine in its quality right? The the need to, yes, rest and replenish, of course, but there's deep reflection in the rest cycle. There's um, a lot of self-awareness that needs to occur. There's healing, there's nurturing. Um, You have to learn how to energetically receive in the rest cycle without any reliance on structure around you. So I find that, that most manifestors energetically yes struggle with the rest cycle which is pretty obvious right because it kind of goes against the grain of society but that's where I typically see a lot of that wounded feminine show up for manifestors because we simply don't know we don't know how to operate in that frequency for these long periods of rest do you feel there's any um, wisdom or tools or insights that you can share for manifestors trying to navigate that Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is scary because it's unfamiliar is one piece of it. It's also scary because we are addicted to productivity. We're addicted to proving our worth. Mm-hmm. We grow up in a culture that encourages that we work all of the time, that we should be working the same way every season, every day, as if we are robots or more linear beings. 
And we have forgotten the wisdom of the feminine, which is cyclical. The feminine, the, the, the best example of feminine energy and feminine cycles is nature. You know, we're not meant to be in summer all the time. We're not meant to be in winter all the time. So what I'm hearing when I, when I, when I am getting the sense of, of manifestors being in this rest period, and you talked about introspection and, and slowing down and nourishment to me, that feels like a winter season. Yeah, very much. Yeah. And, and I think one of the things that is the hardest, cause I I've experienced this myself is to surrender to that mm-hmm. is to trust that when we honor the season that we're in, that the energy will come back, that there will always be a spring and a summer. And when we're in that spring and summer, we'll know exactly what to do. And we can trust that the masculine, that discipline and that, that forward moving energy will be there. Mm. So, and every time we go through these cycles, I'm sure as a manifester, you've experienced this is that you do develop more trust. You, you learn more about these cycles. You, you learn more about what works and what doesn't work. If you're fighting the season that you're in, it's going to feel a lot harder. So part of this is understanding that we are cyclical beings and understanding your energetic blueprint and how your energy works is, is also about honoring the different seasons and cycles that you go through as as an entrepreneur Mm. or as a creator. It doesn't even have to be an entrepreneur. You know, I have it could apply to that context, but maybe you're, you're an artist or you're, you're a creative and, and you get these, these periods of time where all the ideas come through and then there's nothing, or you need to recover from that. Yeah. The, the cycles, just that component, I think of feminine energy is so profound and uh, it was a really big shift for me in the business journey in um not just being aware of those cycles, but respecting those cycles, the internal cycles and the external cycles and the state of having trust in that, that the rhythms and the cycles move and change as they need to. And, of course, one of the the easiest starting points, certainly for me coming into that, was to really just work with the menstrual cycle, that it's a it's outside of your control. I mean, that menstrual cycle is occurring through your body regardless of how you treat it. Um, and there is a, very much a, a healing space of surrender, I felt, to come back into line with that and say, what are you telling me? What are you showing me? Where are you guiding me? And that, I mean, it's been many, many years now, but certainly at first I used to very um, specifically and clearly run my business around that monthly cycle within me. It's a lot more unconscious now. Is that something that you practice too? Yeah, I do. I would say that I've seen some people do it where they literally structure so specifically that, that, that it, it, it's, it does, and it might work really well for them where they structure their whole schedule and, and they're very meticulous about it. I do for the most part, however, I'm here as a service provider for my clients and I'm 
I don't schedule extra things. Like I'm very conscious of if I'm going to be starting my, my bleed that I'm not going to schedule a podcast interview where I need to be on and, and have all the energy to give, because that's actually not the season that I'm in. It's a lot more introspective and I might not have as much energy versus when I'm ovulating or after I finish my bleed, I'm, I have so many ideas. I have so much energy. I feel great. I want to be social. I want to share. I want to give. So I, I think it is a really intuitive process. And actually my, my assistant who works on my scheduling knows too, not to schedule extra stuff. Um, so yes, I, I, I'm, I'm always aware. And I think that's a really great place to start. You know, a lot of the women that I work with, before we work together, they're not even tracking their cycle really. And that would be a really great place to start is just to bring awareness. You know, what parts of my cycle do I have more energy in? And there's so many great apps. You can just, you know, find an app and start to keep notes. Oh, I have really great energy today, or I have really low energy today for me, seven, even though people might want to block off, like when they're actually on their cycle for me, seven days before that's when I have an energy dip. And when I kind of start to feel a little bit moody or a little bit off, and that's a big shift in my hormones. So I I'm so aware of these patterns in my own cycle that, that, and, and what I, what I find is that again, by honoring and respecting and paying attention to cycle, we're not fighting it. And mm-hmm. In the past, I might not have any idea why I was feeling moody, why I felt overwhelmed, why I felt stressed out, why I was being reactive. And when I have some context of, oh, this is what's happening in my body. Let me honor that. Let me give myself a little bit more rest. Let me not book all these social events when I'm not feeling like being social. Like, let me set myself up for success. Yeah, it's that resistance versus surrender principle. Yeah, that's we are really only, we only ever have those two available options to us with any experience, whether that's internal or external. It's, am I going to resist this or am I going to surrender to it? Because the energy is going to be used one way or the other. So um, I find that really allowing the awareness of and acceptance of and surrender to cycles, it's huge, right? Being aware of, as we were just saying before we hit record, um, you know, I work with a lot of Americans, so I'm, I'm globally, I'm often at the opposite part of the cyclical rhythm that's going on. Most of my audience right now are going into summer. You're all, you're perking up because that's the environment around you. You're coming awake. You're getting creative. You're socializing. I am in Australia and I am going into winter. So we are quieting down. We are resting. We are, you know, nourishing and recuperating and, um, I used to feel a lot of pressure in business to keep up with that, that I had to meet where most of my audience was at because there would be rejection or, I don't know, chaos, carnage, loss if I didn't do that. And it took me some time to figure out I'm allowed to be in the rhythm of my environment and have my audience be in a different rhythm in their environment and we can each honour that. But I, I do think that there is sort of a, a question in the complexity of how do we utilize this harmony and this balance of masculine and feminine energy in something like business? Because business is such a pressured environment, especially entrepreneurial business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is such a huge 
question and something that I feel is so misunderstood about the feminine, because a lot of people see the feminine as unproductive. Mm. And when I think about entrepreneurship and the journey that we're on, like I'm doing this for life. Like this is my journey. This is my path. And one of my favorite authors talks, her name's Rebecca Campbell, and she has a a card deck, an Oracle card deck and a book. And, and one of her sayings, I was sharing this with a client today is, um, it's a life's work, not a season. Hmm. And so if we're sprinting all the time, if we're working all the time and we're not building in productive rest, rest allows us to show up productively. Rest allows us to be more focused, to have more ideas, to have more creativity. This idea that being in your feminine is unproductive. I find that being in your masculine and ignoring your feminine is unsustainable. Mm. So for me, when, when I, I get the most creative ideas, when I step away from my computer and I go out in nature and go for a walk, or when I take a dance break and I'm, I'm, I'm in, in pleasure and enjoyment and having a good time. And so I think there's just this conversation of the idea that if we're not working, we're not productive. If we're not always on, then we're not moving forward. And I believe that that's programming. I'm not saying that, and I know there's, there's a lot of different philosophies. I mean, I I know many pleasure fairies who are like, oh, you just sit back and and feel good and you manifest everything and it all happens. And like, no, there's like an action that gets to be taken. And I think that's something that, that I embody really well is, is this, this duality right? Like we can have the feminine and trust that we can show up in the masculine. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I'm working with a lot of my clients on is reprogramming our relationship to work, our relationship to business. This idea that like, realistically, at least as a manifesting generator, like I get a lot done when I actually am sitting down working and focusing. I only need four hours of work a day, really. Mm -hmm. But the programming says, if you're not working, then you're unproductive. If you're not working, you're not moving forward. If you're not working, then you are, are going to fall behind. Mm. That's, that's the society and the culture that we grew up in. So that, that's my, my understanding specifically when it comes to entrepreneurship, it is really looking at this reframe of the feminine actually allows us to move forward. It, it, get, it energizes our business and it actually brings more pleasure and aliveness and, and inspiration when you're just plugging away and you're, you're, you're working and you're grinding and all of that, it kind of sucks the fun out of business. And people feel that when I'm not in my, my, my essence and when I'm not enjoying it, it my, my work doesn't come across the same way. Um, people don't feel people, it feels different when, when I'm in cons, when I'm out of balance, when I'm not having enough fun and bringing enough pleasure and spending enough time in nature, like my energy is different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like there's a real, um, 
a servitude in the equilibrium between both energies that the feminine, the rest of the feminine supports the productivity of the masculine and the productivity of the masculine supports the receiving of the feminine. So there's a value in having both in that. Um, I think what I get back from people quite a bit, particularly because manifestors go through long periods of rest is, well, how on earth do I create money? Because of this ideology that money comes from productivity. So I must always be in the masculine. I must always be producing. I must always be, you know, hustling, right? In that, that wounded masculine in order to receive money. And if I'm stopping, then I'm, I'm not receiving it. I'm not getting it. And I mean, that is a complex nut to break apart <laughs> and to dive into. But I'm curious, if, you know, what insights you have on that relationship between feminine energy and money in business. Yeah, so money is feminine energy. It is energy that is meant to flow. And what we were talking about earlier about releasing the resistance to rest. So if you are resting, quote unquote, but you're not actually resting, you're fighting it. Mm -hmm. And you are saying mean things to yourself, you're calling yourself unproductive, you're stressed out, you're worried, that frequency, that energy is what you're carrying. It's really hard to receive when you're contracted and when you're worried and when you have a lot of fear. And I think there is a trust element. And I'm also curious about possibly different business structures for manifestors where mm -hmm. there's either a recurring revenue or where when you're in your building phase that you're building something that has payment plans instead of getting everything paid in full or where you're batching stuff that gets released. Let's say if you have a podcast and you're recording a bunch of podcasts in your, your creative mode, and then those get released over time. So that's my business brain coming online where it's like, okay, if we know that this is a thing and we know that this happens, is there a way that you can create a more sustainable business model? Like it is about the energetics, but maybe there's a strategic part here that you might want to look at, which again is the masculine. Like Correct. we don't yeah. just want to be in the feminine. So mm -hmm. these two things work really well together. We, I, I teach on feminine energy because so many people are far, have been disconnected from feminine energy for so long that we need to like kind of swing to that side and infuse more feminine energy to come back in balance. But that doesn't mean that we ignore the structure or we ignore the processes and the organizations that need to happen. Mm, the structure is the support. It's, it's the foundation. It's the scaffolding that allows everything else. And uh, if anything, you know, exactly what you just described in business, I was smiling while you were talking, because that's largely what I teach for manifestors mm. in business. And it's so shocking to people because it's so simple that it gets overlooked, right? It's like, yes, of course you can use masculine support to hold you through the times that you can't be creating. I mean, it, it is actually as simple as that. This doesn't need to be a great big complex journey. You don't need to do anything vastly different from everybody else. You just need to slightly tweak 
the way that you are using those energies to support yourself. Um, and I know that there is not much interplay usually in human design with concepts like masculine and feminine energy. Not that people are talking about really in, in content online, but um, there's a significant component of masculine and feminine energy in human design because it's a system of energy, just like there's masculine and feminine concepts within every system and philosophy of energy because it's a very ancient and primal truth. It's rhythmic. It's cyclical, right? It's this, we are uh, infused with this and the earth around us is infused with this. So, I mean, just in a very simple way for anybody who's curious, even just looking at the energy centers that you have, those, the energy centers that you have defined will lend themselves more to masculine energy because they are familiar, they are consistent, they are often driven. The energy centers that you have undefined or open will lend themselves more to the feminine because they're open, you need to work on healing those. There's a receiving to be done. There's an expansiveness in those energies. So this concept is actually woven in, you know, at a very deep level with the human design experience. And I think is not something that should be discarded at all. I think it's a very beautiful um, supplement really to, to the work that we do for those people who are fully into the human design experience. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're pointing this out specifically for manifestors. You know, I have colleagues who are projectors, who are manifestors, who are manifesting generators, like all the way that our energetic blueprint relates to business. You know, I feel like we all have our own challenges in a way there's, there's strengths to it. And then there's areas where it's hard. Like I think, I think for a lot of people being a projector and a business owner is like, how, you know, the, how do I, they, they need to be in their feminine energy a lot of the time. And it's not like what you're talking about different seasons. They have like a daily charge that they need to have. So yeah, I love this conversation and, and, and energy is energy as you, when you were saying, Oh, this, this, philosophy or this methodology of masculine and feminine energy applies to this this ancient framework of human design I my intuition and my body and got chills it's like yeah it is it's all it's all this it, it's all tied together yeah 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 it's just different language right and mm-hmm. there's um we resonate with different language at different times there was a long period of time where the utilization of that that language of masculine and feminine energy really spoke to me um and it was a very integrative journey to do that and now i don't i don't feel called to speak about it specifically anymore but it's very much part of my daily experience so I love the opportunity to have these conversations and bring people into awareness of this. Like you need this. This is actually happening for you every single day anyway. So Mm -hmm. come into awareness of it, start to utilize it, start to capture it Um, because it's a, it's a very healing space to step into. It's a, uh, it's mastery of your own energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what you shared about how when you first started learning about it, or for a while when you were understanding masculine and feminine, it was still in a more intellectual space of you had to think about it and 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 really analyze it and understand it. And now what I'm hearing for you is that you've embodied it. It doesn't mean that it's perfect, but it means that it's something that has has become part of you that that you 
you can monitor and pay attention to, but it's not something that you need to spend all this time and energy focusing on because it's embodied wisdom in within you. So I liked, I like to differentiate between the difference between the, the knowledge and wisdom or the, the intellect of understanding something and then the integration of it in the body into who, into your being and who you are. And, and that's, that's really where, where this, this work yeah, where where that that's what lights me up about it is that it can become an embodiment of who you are and, and it really changes who you are. Mm, yeah, that's where the journey's at. And it's delicious. I mean, it's a delicious journey. <laughs> I can attest. It's it's so valuable, it's so empowering, it's really sovereign and refining. Um, how can how can people find you? Where can they get into your space? What kind of work do you do that people might want to be involved in? Yeah. So since we're on a podcast, I think the best place to start is the feminine frequency podcast. You can find that on any major podcast platform. Holly was a guest. So please make sure to come and listen to that episode. And outside of the podcast, you can find me on Instagram. My handle is Amy Natalie Co. And my website, amynatalieco.com, you can find, I have a couple of online courses to support you in connecting with your feminine energy and a, a morning ritual, a free guided audio where you can wake up and learn how to connect with your feminine energy. So lots of great resources on there. And also come on over and say, hi, I absolutely love interacting with listeners. I think that's one of the most fun parts. So as you were listening, if there was something today that really resonated with you, either part of my story or something that we talked about, come on over, send me a message. I'm human. I love, I love <laughs> connecting with all of you and I'm here to be in service. So please, please let me know what resonated and how I can best serve you. So good. And she's an MG guys. So she's got the energy to respond to all of them. You know, what just, what just happened in my mind, I just had this realization. I was like, Oh, I really like when my messages and my emails and everything is down to zero. Like if I have stuff that I have, <laughs> does that feel satisfying to, to you? Oh, it feels so good. <laughs> that gives me energy. I'm like, yes. <laughs> that is such a generated thing. Oh my gosh. Uh, for the rest of us, we're like, how high can I let that number get before it's overwhelming? Because <laughs> I cannot respond all the time. I love it. I'm a responder. So. <laughs> Take her up on the invitation, guys. Mm-hmm. It's just been so, so marvelous to have you here. Thank you for sharing your, your intellect, your knowledge, your wisdom, but really just sharing your energy with us and letting us share this space with you and, and tap into who you are and the work that you do. I think um, it's very needed work. It's very healing work amongst the collective. So I'm, I'm proud to share some of that space with you and, and help spread that message further. Um, and certainly for everybody listening, jump into Amy Natalie's space. She's, she's gorgeous. I think if uh, the work in feminine energy is something that appeals to you, pursue that and walk down that path. Mm, thank you again for having me. And thank you everyone for tuning in today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. I hope that my words, my sharing and the spiritual wisdom that came through today's episode have a magnificently transforming impact on your life. 
If you love this episode, I would be so humbly and truly grateful if you would share it on your social media. You can tag me on Instagram or Facebook at the Holly Marie. And also please consider taking a moment to leave a review right here on iTunes so that this information, this podcast and this spiritual transformation can be spread to even more people. Again, I cannot wait to see you for the next episode of Hunting for Purpose.